Hello, winners, and welcome once again to the Wrong Button Podcast, the show where we talk all things nerd, most things video games, and genuinely anything else that tickles our fancy. Hey, Snips. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? My my jaw hit the floor, uh, let's see, uh, 22 hours ago, and I haven't picked it up since. So, like, I, I, I'm fun fact winners. This is a completely remote podcast because I am in another state, uh, talking with people at work who have been like, eh, it's been, it's been, it's been, you know, the show's okay. And then this episode, everyone's like, Hey, yeah, are you watching that new star Wars show? And I'm like, yeah, I've been talking to you about it all week. And you all have been like, meh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that, I think that perfectly sums up the star Wars fan base, especially the more, the more casual audience, you know, those who haven't watched a lot of the animated shows, um, maybe missed some of the actual live action shows too. You know, it's been met with like some confusion. People don't know the backstory. Even some Rebels fans like myself uh, and yourself have seen like a couple of issues here and there. Um, however, I think all of those get trumped, get absolutely trumped with this episode. My this episode was fantastic. Yeah, my initial thoughts, start to finish, were that of, oh my god, Dave Filoni's done it again. I I don't know if I've watched such riveting Star Wars content like this. Well, I, I guess since Andor, but in a in a completely new in a completely new sense, like with Andor, you're dealing with side characters, and we're very much in the main character chosen one territory you know what i'm saying uh and i i think this is also kind of making jedi making jedi cool again 2023 <laughs> yeah i i'd say so um yeah definitely dust off those stingy old robes because we're not in the uh you know we're not in the republic anymore grandpa <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, should we start like uh, starting with this the the top of the show? Yeah, sure. Uh, I had a I had a couple of issues with the top of the show actually. Okay, go ahead. You know when we start in on um, on the show, it's Huang doing all of the electrical work, like all the repair work on their on their cruiser. Why wasn't it Ahsoka? Like yeah, Ahsoka was the default. Uh, the default engineer during the Clone Wars. Like, it was always Ahsoka getting into the nitty-gritty of things. But I guess if, if you're Huang and you have 25,000 years of experience, you probably know a thing or two. I'm also betting, like, that's an older ship. Like, it, it's like, it's like oh, to him, it's like, oh, this is this is a ship that I knew very well, so I feel like... True, it has been in the him. Jedi Order for a while, so... Yeah, I feel like, like you said, that feels like an old Jedi cruiser. Like, it's not... It's it's not a fighter, but it's it's definitely more of like a live in. We can go here, and for our Jedi who are away a lot, can live in this and be comfortable. Yeah, no, you're totally right, and that's how uh, a lot of people have been pointing out that there was like a lot of High Republic kind of art on the ship, whether it be like I think there's the tiles, uh, the way some of the shelvings were set up. So it's an old ship, sure. Uh, so obviously they're still down in the forest. You know, Balin's, yep. Balin's sending his guards after them, uh, which is useless against a Jedi, 
a pseudo-Jedi slash Mandalorian, whatever you want to call Sabine. Uh, and Huang, who showed up, you know, showed off that he had some some boxing skills, which he had HK droids coming after him. I, I thought we were about to witness the death of Huang in that in that scene. Uh, thankfully not. I don't know if I've ever been so worried about somebody's, like, status in the show than his. Because I'm very much of the whole, he's lived for 25,000 years, please don't kill my guy, you know? It's especially when you, like, kind of see what starts happening it towards, like, the middle part of the series, or of this, this show. Uh, you're right. I, that, that was the one time where it was, like, Huang. Um, did you also think that the HK droids here went down a lot easier than earlier on? Oh, yeah. Um, I think so. It, it definitely seemed like that. But, I mean, it definitely... Sabine and Ahsoka have the experience fighting them now, so maybe it's, like, a, a famili- familiarity. But, like, Sabine literally turns with her blaster and just puts one into, the, like, the, the head of the one, and that's it. And I was like... She's always been a skilled were, marksman, though, you know? That, I guess I'm thinking that the HKs are kind of, like, fighting the... Um, would be like fighting the assassin droids where it's like, Oh, I took off like one of your limbs. And they're like, ha, I don't care. You took off my head. I'm still going to swing about and cause damage if you're not paying attention. Yeah. So that was, it it did feel like they, they got jobbed a little bit. And if you want to say, well, Huang got some lucky hits in there. Sure. Um, but yeah, his boxing and, and then pulling out the fourth arm and then he'd fix the ship and then turn around and made it worse to signal them like, Hey, we're, we're in the place yeah which i i love how he was screaming for help as a as a droid and then it cuts back to ahsoka and sabine in the ship just having like a nice moment together uh which i was sitting there the entire time like my guy's outside my guy's outside go go help him and uh it's a, once the lights turn off you know sabine's like oh that dusty old was it dusty he she used or yeah or like, like made the situation worse yeah, yeah. And Ahsoka's immediately like, no, it. I know Huang. Huang doesn't. Huang doesn't mess up on things like this. I. I know. I know my my old droid companion. Um, that fight scene between the HK and Huang, I think, was one of my, arguably my favorite fight scene of the show. Actually, of the of this episode, which there were a lot of really good fight scenes. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just enjoyed the the. Uh, the robot boxing, basically the droid boxing, it kind of feel felt like uh, like the Rock'em Sock'em robots <laughs> back in the day. I I want to know if Dave Filoni was inspired by that for Oh Huang. my god, me too. It it seems like he, it. He, he's art, more articulate than like C three PO is, but you can still tell that he is not a he's not built like an assassin droid so when he when he threw the punches and it was like no you're, you're moving like a boxer you don't have you you have to have it all like upper body because you you can't like pivot and get the full full flail in there but it makes sense that he would fight like a boxer and not do some other martial arts or grapple or anything like that so i i like the fact because when he when he does it he assumes a stance and he's got like his 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 uh, gloves would have been up his hands were up they were up by his face protecting the chin like it was protecting a lot of really good stuff i thought it was, i thought it was a lot of subtle details the rock'em stock'em robots though that's now making me think like <laughs> yeah that's that's totally a thing well i was gonna say you know Huang's been practicing 
forms with Jedi for twenty five thousand years. I feel like I feel like he would be the guy to keep his form and his composure while being under attack. Uh, yeah. So aside from also being a, a droid, yeah. Aside from being a droid, of course. But you know, they they make pretty quick work of the HKs once they get out there together. I I did enjoy, by the way, uh, Hugh Wang's eyes throughout the entire show. Like you could see when he's when he's like angry or he's fighting, you could see like. <laughs> They turned into, like, little slits. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really cool. Uh, yeah, they make quick work of the HKs. Um, and eventually, it cuts back to Hera. I think it was either, was it right after that, um, was it right after that, that fight? It was, it was like, right after that fight, I think. Uh, so Ahsoka and Sabine, like, he's like, you're about, like, uh, they're, they're, so Ahsoka and Sabine are, like, I think it was either several or twelve clicks out, um, which, by the way, that's a, that's a that's a bit of a run, um, especially when you think that you have to to possibly fight people in it, um, and then as soon as they say that, uh, I think Huang says, "Hey, stay together. You guys were always better that way." Um, and then as soon as that, like I thought that was just a really heartfelt moment of, "Hey, you two bring out the best of each other. Like, don't get split up. Work together." you know, make, make this, this right. I thought that was actually a little bit of foreshadowing too. Uh, when I, when I was watching that initially, he was like, oh, you guys are always better together. And I immediately went to, oh crap, they're about to get separated for some dumb reason, because that's what always happens to master and apprentices. Uh, I'm looking at you, Qui-Gon and, uh, and Obi-Wan. It's Qui-Gon's. Why didn't you just wait for me? Yeah. I was going to say it was Qui-Gon's fault. You know, he, he got, got, for a reason or obi-wan and anakin multiple times actually and it was both of them at at certain points but yeah and then it it goes back to hera on the fleet who did not realize this but the uh the capital ship the mon calamari uh like the mon cal capital ship there is actually that belonged to admiral akbar so that's, it, it looked familiar. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's that's like the ship from three. Yeah. Or from six. I think, yeah, yeah, from six. Um, so I thought that was a cool tidbit. And I also thought it was pretty cool that Hera was directly disobeying the uh, New Republic government's order. And taking, Dude, she was, and taking her son she was, with her, too. <laughs> hey, look, once a rebel, always a re- rebel, and raise him young. Yeah. I just love the the line from Jace of like why why do you not get to like follow orders but I have to and and, and Hera snaps back when you become a general you can disobey yeah. orders too I was like that is that is classic Hera right there um, and I was but it was it was also like a parenting thing like I remember my pa- my one of the deals I'm gonna tell you guys a dark secret in my history so. Uh, my mom raised me very like conservatively. Mom, when you listen to this, it'll come through. But her joke was always, when you become my age, because you can have someone spend the night uh, with you and sleep in the same bed as you. Otherwise, you have to be married. And that was just my mom's kind of rule out the gate. So it eventually became 27 because my older sister brought home a boyfriend uh, one night when my mom wasn't home. I'm like, well, you allowed it to happen. <laughs> And so after that, it was it was twenty seven. I was allowed to uh, have you know uh, my then fiance now wife uh, like stay in the same 
uh, same room as me when we were when we were down there. But that was always the joke, and that's what I felt from here. I was like, I was like, oh ha, huh, I remember those jokes. Yeah, I, that was definitely a, a classic uh, parenting parenting move right there. Um, definitely, I loved I loved how she she broke with with the fleet, and you know she definitely assumes this. You guys don't have to follow me. I'm going to do this because I believe in it. Kind of, uh, kind of mantra. And the New Republic officer with her, I'm, I'm blanking on her. I'm blanking on her name, or on his name. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Uh, was really trying to talk her out of it, <laughs> and could not. Uh, so the the officer's name. Yes. Uh, is Hawkins. So it's Lieutenant Hawkins, which I thought was just, that's the most generic of generic military lowly lieutenant names. Yeah, kind of like Williams or, like, I don't know, Burke. Burke to me. Uh, definitely, definitely, like, definitely uh, stereotypical for, for a military name, you're right. Um, I, I think this was was definitely one of the moments where we got to see Hera more in her element. Um, one of one of my things about the portrayal of Hera is I always thought that during her her scenes in in Rebels she was a lot feistier, and I just feel like we haven't seen that side of Hera for for the most part. But you know, as I try to explain to myself why we don't see that part of ahsoka it's age maybe uh you know she is a mother now the wars over the stakes while still high aren't dire so wars over she is a mother now and like as a general she also now has to think a lot about the good of the fleet the good of everything that's going on going forward so i think that's the i think that's really the the best the, the way to way to look at it like ahsoka now it's also because i've had a few other people bring up to me like well you know she, she was always this feisty character who was i'm like but look at her at the end of tales of the jedi look at her at the end of even the clone wars she was much more reserved when she said something it was typically very cutting um like you know when she goes to to beat maul and it's like, you know, it, she, she like takes him out or, or gets ready to fight him. I was like, I was hoping Anakin would be here. And she's like, why? So you can get beat by both of us. Um, and then even at the end, when she releases him, he goes, can I have a weapon? And she goes, I need you to distract them, not win. So she, even there, she's much more cold and calculated. I think after the Jedi Order, like she was tempered a lot and for a self-protective mechanism i think her now also being okay she's colder she's trying to be a teacher she has failed horribly as a teacher once so i think now she's trying to find that balance and <clears throat> i want to say she's she's overcorrecting some and also you know not not sharing to like the the full extent because it's her first time doing it much like how you know, Anakin struggled at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, very, very well say. I, I definitely, 
I agree with you in some points, but I think a part of her personality now is I think she's still disillusioned with everything that happened. The fall of the Jedi, her leaving the Order, Anakin's fall especially. I don't know if she really forgave herself from that. And and the line she had about Anakin to Huang a couple of episodes ago where she essentially said that I abandoned him uh, and my master never got to finish my training. I definitely think she hasn't got over that. You know, it's, it's pretty big trauma to unpack. Um, so I definitely think that's kind of where we're seeing Ahsoka's character. But for Hera, it just... I'm really, I'm really waiting to see the passion from her. Just, just up a, a notch, you know, not too crazy, just up a notch. Um, I, I think in the next few episodes, now that like some of the team, I, I have a feeling by the end of this, the the band's gonna be back together, um, for for the most part. Uh, like I would even, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't have Zeb come in for a hot episode or two. I was surprised that we didn't see Zeb actually. Yeah. I was surprised that he wasn't on the ship, but he was also like, he was hanging out in the one bar at the end of the Mandalorian, uh, when like Mando was going for help. Yeah, and um, I really thought, I thought he would have been back with the fleet at, at that point. You know, um, we saw what's the uh, what's the primary New Republic officer's name? He was flying the X wing, made the appearance in this show. Uh, with Hera, actually. Yes. The, yeah, the eight, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'll look up his name right now. It was uh, Carson. Carson. Uh, Carson. Carson Tava. You know, it was him and, it was, I think it was the base where his X-Wing uh, squadron was stationed on, where, where Zeb was. So, you know, when Carson and his squad showed up, I was kind of surprised we didn't get any Zeb. But I'm, I'm almost willing to bet that he's going to be in this show somewhere, because... There's no way we get a show about a rebel sequel and we don't get Zeb. That's just yeah. that's just not how it happens. I agree. I really appreciated that Hera came uh, as fast as she possibly could to to come in to come and aid Sabine and Ahsoka. And then we get into we get into Ahsoka and Sabine's trek through the forest. Yes, where they're eventually encountered by Merrick. Everybody's uh, favorite uh, Sith Inquisitor of the week because I just I can't I've just heard nothing but Merrick for the last for the last week and a half. Like who's Merrick? Oh, he's somebody. He's Starkiller. He's Ezra. It's not that he's it's the not... last. He's the last Inquisitor. Um, he is very much the the Inquisitors as far as I'm aware, or, or my opinion. Did you ever watch Power Rangers in the back in the day? I did, but not not too much. But you know the idea of the villain of the week, where it's like, okay, we got like maybe two episodes. They're in it for like maybe two or three, and then like that villain, that that monster is just destroyed. Yeah, and that's it. That's that's all that the Inquisitors have been from, like from their inception, really. Yeah, it, when we first see them in, uh, we saw them first in Rebels, right? Yeah, I think it was because it was the Grand Inquisitor. Um, well, not the he wasn't the first one we saw, but. Yeah, I think the Inquisitors did make their debut in Rebels, so. And, I, I so, yes, go ahead. You were talking, they were 
we, we get to their trials and tribulations in the forest with Merrick and young Padawan Ren. Yeah. Uh, right off the get-go, I thought the, the pause be- before the fight was so uncomfortably long where they were just staring down each other and, uh, and Shin's like going somewhere. And they just they just were sitting there looking at each other for a solid ten seconds, and I, I could almost, you could almost just like cut the tension with a with a knife, you know, like it was it was and that I mean, thick. The key thing here is so Merrick and Ren go to meet him because uh, Elizabeth, uh, no Morgan, I'm sorry, uh, she says you know they they send she sends out the. The HK droids and Balin goes, those won't hold him for long, but you two will. And he looks at Ren and Merrick. And so their job there, the the fight taking long and them not engaging, one is incredibly intelligent on their part. Because the only person that those two could take would have been Sabine by herself. Yes. There's no way... Uh... Shin's taking on Ahsoka, and I think that was that was beautifully demonstrated. It actually, uh, you know, if you're familiar with the show Avatar: The Last Airbender, during the um, the Day of Black Sun, Princess Azula is sent to essentially distract Team Avatar as they're trying to find the Fire Lord and end the war early. Mm-hmm. Uh, she preys on their <laughs> she preys on their emotional weaknesses and then wastes all of their time during this during this um eclipse so you know like firebenders can't firebend during that time uh if you watch the show you you get it uh and it i thought that that was like a, a very well done scene and i thought applying that to star wars it, it had the same it had the same sort of value to it you know uh, almost like the same writer and creator helped work <laughs> on it I think uh, I think Filoni only stayed on Avatar for the first for the four, first season. I think. Um, oh, okay. I was like the first one or two. Yeah, because I, I think that's when he started to to pivot and then work on Star Wars. But I, you know, I, I could be messing up my Dave lore. So if he's if he's listening, uh, give me a call, Dave. We can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> the fight I thought was really cool. Uh, Sabine fighting off against Shin as a Mandalorian, I thought was interesting that she was reverting to her blaster pistols and fighting really the way that she knew she had the best chance of winning. Kind of, kind of interesting that she didn't go for her saber immediately. And then the fight between Ahsoka and Merrick, I, it was almost showboating on Ahsoka's part. The fact that she only pulled out one lightsaber. Okay. So I, I have theories for this. Mm-hmm. All right. So, <clears throat> guys, you have to bear with me and listen to me nerd out for a couple moments. Mrs. Play, if you're listening to this, you know what I'm about to say. Are, so, are you going to get in the form? Uh, wait, I'm so excited for this. All right. Flipped up my arms. So, if you look back in the day, and so when I'm saying back in the day, I want you to go, like, pre-Edo era Japan, and I also want you to go, like, pre-chivalrous ages uh, of Great Britain. One of the ways that you would settle disputes was with a duel, right? Yeah, that's how it goes. <clears throat> Sorry. 
So uh, you settle those with a with you settle a dispute with a duel. Now in Japan, especially, you only brought one sword to your duel. I know a lot of people see you know the the samurai with the two blades, the the tanto, and then the full katana or the uji, like whatever the longer version is, zanpakuto versions. But you only fought with one because to fight with two of them was to be a barbarian like you you weren't fighting with honor you were fighting with partial strength um if you read the path of the jedi book anakin kind of gives ahsoka some like jibes for using like a two-hand reverse blade stance because it doesn't make her stronger however when she's talking about like deflecting lasers with the force and lightsabers it makes sense why she does that so my theory was Merrick is the last inquisitor and so he got enough respect to be like i'm going to fight you with one blade and then secondly if you notice the way her that that lightsaber is constructed it is a little bit of a curved hilt but it's curved in the way that like a katana might also kind of be there to give her more force that very so slight this actually, curve yes okay yeah it it gives her when she comes down now with both arms, she will be able to strike at him physically stronger than if she used, say, both lightsabers. So I do think that one was a twofold. Um, and by the end of that fight, because that fight was Merrick never pretty boring. He never had a chance. And I, right when I knew that they were going to be facing off together. I knew that we were going to see the end of him right then and there uh, because of mm-hmm. the way Ahsoka essentially toyed with him when they fought first on Corellia. Um, that uh, he didn't have he didn't have a hope in the world. Uh, and you learn that like Corellia, that was to be like okay, well, what's actually going on here? That was about biding time to get information because when he recalls back his lightsaber and she just oh, turns, yeah. like, she's like, I know it's coming. And she just she turns ever so slightly and then like resumes her forward facing. I don't think she even moves her feet. Never she did. just she pivots her torso. And that to me is like, oh, you don't even have me off balance. I'm not off center. This is you literally mean nothing to me in a fight. That was the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen Ahsoka do <laughs> toward an enemy. I mean that like tell me tell me you don't value your opponent without telling me you don't value your opponent um so it was already the beginning of the end but the interesting thing about this fight is she was she was in form one for this fight which i don't recall ever seeing ahsoka use form one whether it be through the clone wars rebels uh in the mandalorian um which i thought was interesting because that's the form of her masters 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 aka qui-gon the form one demon himself so you know it's it's definitely a form where you and i'm a little rusty on my my lightsaber forms admittedly but you know she was very very focused very thorough with looking for for her you know for her strikes um and it was a very quick fight too you know as as merrick's doing that trademark sith inquisitor my blade goes goes Beyblade. <laughs> um you could see you could see her just um 
calculating what strike she needed to take her to take him down and take him down she did I thought and it was beautiful. So uh form 1 is uh Shicho. Yes. And it is fun fact, it is the form of determination. Thank you Wikipedia. Wikipedia is amazing by the way. Shout out. Not just Wikipedia, but the wikis who run it. So <laughs> you're the real MVPs. Yeah, and it, if you uh that form is it is a very basic um, stance it is a lot of swift chopping uh coming in at the right angle and <clears throat> that's also the form that we see you know obi-wan take to take darth maul down because it's meant to be very quick and decisive movements with very minimal wasted effort or uh, nothing is wasted nothing is wasted on anything extra flashy and flamboyant we even see that Balin does that for the first episode when he comes in. Um, like I said, everybody's aiming center mass because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. So when he's deflecting all the blasts, he's just moving his lightsaber enough. And it's not the like uh, when you watch like Anakin or, or uh, Obi-Wan do it in the first movie where like they shoot at him and then he like physically moves the, the, the saber down with the blast to reflect it back. This is pure i don't need to waste a lot of energy on this type of movement yeah also i think one of the most basic lightsaber forms too um yes yeah great great spot because it did remind me of obi-wan taking down darth maul definitely i think as as jedi grow older too i i really believe that they start to rely on form one more um and then you know on the other side of the forest shin and uh Shin and Sabine are having their their fight pretty evenly matched, which I I thought was really cool. Um, obviously, Shin is more talented in the Force, has had more formal lightsaber training. I really think Sabine held her own once she was forced to use her saber. Even when she lost the saber, she she still fell back on her Mandalorian ways of um, of blocking like the the lightsaber with uh, what are what are the Mandal. Oh. What are the Mandalorian? The, um, the oh, what's it called? Um, the guards, like on the, oh the bracers, yes. like on her wrist. Yes, yeah. Uh, I thought that was a really cool scene. Beskar is a hell of a is a hell of a material. It's so I know a lot of people. One when it came when it comes to a saber fight, no, Sabine is. I, I disagree. I I don't think Sabine was holding her own. I think physically she is more than capable to be a match for uh for shin like if you were to be like okay here you guys just kind of like slug it out run slug do whatever you need to do come out on top yes she would win when the blades got involved i think i think it's going to be a while before sabine finds a way to blend the two like be herself because at one point she sits there and you watch her like do the force hand thing, like she's gonna throw back Ren, and you watch like her defend herself and like like throw up like she's getting attacked. And when she's like, "Oh, you can't use the force," she quickly uses the grapple that was given to her in Rebels. And I was like, "Okay, you're using what you know, and if you don't have the force, there's nothing wrong with oh, you yeah, using not at all. that." 
in a way to fight. And I think that's a, a great... <clears throat> I think that that is great compensation. And I think, you know, Kanan was wrong when he's like, you guys lost for a reason. You can't rely on cheap tricks. Like, it's not a trick. It is a utility. Yep. But because you have the Force, you see anything that's not the Force as a cheap trick. Like, I'm sorry that we're not all gifted like you, Kanan. All right. Sorry I didn't watch my master die. <laughs> Trademark of being a Jedi is what? Give me one Jedi master that passed away peacefully outside of Yoda. Ooh. I'll wait. Uh, one Jedi master that passed away peacefully. Mm-hmm. Anakin. He was... He got electrocuted. I mean... I, yeah, but... He at the still, end of it, he but he was still to... dying from his injuries, though. I mean, Luke. <sighs> I, you know, you're going down a path I cannot follow. <laughs> I don't. I don't have an answer. I actually don't have my my only legitimate answer. There would be Obi Wan, because I think Obi Wan never got touched by Darth Vader. He was literally like, <laughs> "Okay, I can inspire the. I can inspire the kid." My job's done. Vanish. True. That's a Obi Wan is a great like, point. It's you know he didn't. If not peacefully, at peace. I wish I would have been alive in 1977 to see Obi Wan just disappear like that. That oh god that that had to have been like a watershed moment in a lot of Star Wars fans' lives. Like oh my god, he just where did that space wizard go? He's just gone. Um, but yeah, so Balin was right. Uh, they. They delayed. They delayed Ahsoka and Sabine, but not for long. I do want to. I want to go back real quick mm-hmm. uh, to one thing, real quick, and it, this is like my nitpicky uh, English major storyteller. Oh, here we go. Um, I'd like them to drop the smoke screen and the fact that they're hinting that Sabine can't see with the Force. Uh if you if you noticed right so there are a couple things that we kind of um kind of uh like went over in the beginning when sabine and ahsoka were going to we're like okay we're gonna track them down we're gonna get to them they're a couple clicks away um ahsoka goes incredibly pragmatic and says hey sometimes the best thing is for nobody to get this if it comes down to it can you destroy the globe like you can't see ezra ever again this just ends here. Um, can I trust you to do that? And Sabine goes, yes, but you can also see that uh, Ahsoka knows that she cannot trust uh, Sabine to do that. And if you think um, about it, Ahsoka comes from the longest line of people who are not able to set apart their attachments. Save for maybe Obi-Wan. Because that's, uh, you know... That's that's coming from the Padawan of the poster boy for attachment issues, aka Anakin. Yeah, Obi Wan definitely is the only one more at peace with it, but he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing is, I think at one point Balin sits there and makes something of. Uh, is like oh they won't be here they're not they won't be stalled for long and uh morgan goes is that a note of fear i have in your voice and balen goes experience 
so we now know that he knows who Ahsoka is, and we do find out he knows who Anakin is. He knows who he Anakin knows became. everything. Um, um, and I'm really enjoying Balin's Ray Stevenson's portrayal of Balin. As I've said on this podcast, I think every single episode uh, that. I don't know if we've been introduced to characters quite as interesting at than you know Balin and Shin. Um, I've you always it's always a telltale sign of of really great character building when you are just dying to know more of somebody, and that's I think mm-hmm. that's how the audience has been a lot, myself included with Balin, like his past, he's a fallen Jedi, but how, you know, he's not exactly a Sith. It seems like he's more in control of his emotions than, than a lot of, um, a lot of bad guys throughout star Wars were, um, yeah, that it really actually brings us into our, our next scene of Ahsoka getting to getting to the, the star map, getting to the globe as the coordinates are being, transferred up to the hyperspace ring and whatever that nonsense voodoo witch magic <laughs> uh technology was where it's magic but it's still feeding the this the computer yeah, no. it was yeah oh it's, so weird it's star wars you don't have to think about it too hard you know except we have a couple hour long podcasts <laughs> thinking about it really hard <laughs> It's. I thought. I thought it. You. You knew that computer part. You know the. Um, the Dathomirian, Night Sister, connector, for you know. For their systems, for for the for the space systems, you know you just yeah, you plug like, it into the back. It feeds the magic goes inside and then all it does all the work really. The witch magic does all the work. The computer's just there to process it. Yeah, you might you might say it's a it's a gateway. Oh God! Oh, that was awful. I'm about to throw you through that gateway. <laughs> um, yeah, but so that that does lead us to the point where uh, Morgan is like, "Okay, I'm gonna go up to the ship." Which, fun fact, the ring is the ship. Um, I I was really thinking that there was gonna be a bigger ship that was gonna go in that ring. I was wrong. I was like a a, a star destroyer, something else, but nope, that was it. Um, I thought they were going to do the whole Exegol thing where it comes out out of the water, you know? That was one of my predictions uh, yeah. I made in the show. I was like, what ugh, What makes you so it, sure that there it, isn't something down there? It does look really cool that, like, it comes out of the cloud barrier. It has to break atmosphere. So, like, they had to bring it down to get it work done on it. So, that to me, that was actually a really cool uh, sentiment for it. But that, that fight between... Balin and and Ahsoka was fantastic and I think it really one you see Ahsoka again using form one um, which now realizing that she's older because she's going to be what in her 40s 50s here I think we agreed that she's somewhere in her 50s yeah so she's we really got to hammer the timeline down (laughs) at some point she is older and she's also it, it felt like, hey, this is a strong opponent 
And I really think maybe Form 1 is just the strongest stance because it is meant to win very decisively. Like, it is, I am here to swing and get one swing on you, and that's all I'm going to need, especially someone using a lightsaber correctly. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, his... was it, was it, hold on, going back, was it Ren and Sabine's fight or Ahsoka's fight with, uh, with Merrick where the trees were getting cut down around them and like, they would just do the bamboo thing. Like you'd see the slice go through and then the tree would like, I think it was, fall. I think it was Ahsoka and, and Merrick's fight. I can't be too sure because it was, it was a very quick scene. Um, but also we didn't even mention the that. fact that Merrick was just propped up by night sister magic by the way. Okay. So here here's my here is my 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 question to you, mm-hmm. right? So that was the thing. Merrick evaporated. Yep. You know who else evaporated? The first inquisitor that Ahsoka beat in in Tales of the Jedi, right? Oh my, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I, I didn't notice that. I'm wondering if some of them are just like harnessed chaos energy put like i'm i'm i know you said merrick was done after this Mm -hmm. i'm betting merrick is a like this is where they're going to start getting into that that magic of okay no so this is who he was when he was alive uh he was you know my theory was is he star killer my theory was going to be like he was training somewhere got a little over overzealous and killed the star of that you know jedi class Mm -hmm. So he got called Starkiller before he was cast out. And he dies and comes back a little less himself. So that's how we get, like, Starkiller. Why isn't he as strong? Because, you know, he's deluded now and the Night Sisters have ripped him back and put him in multiple bodies. He's been multiple Inquisitors. I think that's kind of what they're going to go with there. Yeah, you know, I thought Merrick was just the friends we made along the way, really. I didn't really read into any of the theories of who is he because it never really just... I thought he was cool. Um, yeah. But the fact... I want Sam Whitaker to have a real role. I know you do. Um, but I... I really just kind of thought that, oh, like he was a former Sith Inquisitor. I, the fact that he wasn't like focused on too much throughout the series didn't really give me much to go on. So I thought he was just kind of a, a bad guy number three role, you know? Yeah, like, Sith Inquisitors haven't been threatening since, like, the second season of Rebels, and I think it was more their numbers, not necessarily who they, who or what they were. Yeah, that's... They are, I, I, I think I summed up perfectly, uh, Inquisitors are, like, high school football stars who never get better than that one season. Yeah, they've, they've like, reached their, their potential cap, which is not very high. And then they never, they never trained anymore. They like, they were told, okay, this is all you need to know. And that brute strength carried them a good way. And maybe they got some other training in there, but it wasn't, it was not going to be as technical as it is for a Jedi or full bore Sith. Yeah. That's actually what happened to uncle Rico from Napoleon dynamite too, but that's a whole nother podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, you said it perfectly there. You know, Sith, they never, 
the Sith themselves never allowed the Inquisitors to get any more powerful for that than that because then they're seen as a, a threat to their their place, and we all know that Sith don't take kindly to threats to their power. No. Um, but yeah, the the fight between Balin and Ahsoka, I thought while I while I enjoyed the 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 you know the the droid battle between Huang and the HK droids. The the beauty of the fight between Ahsoka and Balin from how it starts with, you know, Balin, Balin's just sitting there waiting for hood up, you know, weapons not drawn, nothing like that. And he's You know he's standing behind the rock as she walks, and then he, like, goes over real quick and sits down when yeah. she gets on the other side to be like, I'm extra mysterious. <laughs> oh, hood up, hood up. Can't forget the hood. Can't forget the hood, Balin. Quick. It's like I also thought it was uh, funny that none of the uh, none of like the uh, droids were there for that like confrontation at the at the start. You know, like it, all of them just scurried it, off. It did feel weird. Like all the computers and stuff that were there, none of it was around. Yeah. Like almost like it's like oh we got the Wi Fi set up the the transmitters over there and we're good. Yeah, we're we're good. You know, it's all going through the orb. Um. We get the first real confrontation between these two characters. And immediately Balin goes for goes for the uh the emotional jugular, as you will. You know, Anakin spoke very highly of you. And then and then it's like it's a shame that few would see what he would become. And I was like, first of all, how do you know that? I was under the impression that very few people knew about Anakin's demise, you know? I thought it was widely accepted from the majority of, of Jedi that he he died during the Purge. Like, that's that was the official story, anyway. Um, so for Balin to know that kind of blew my mind a bit. What a killer line, though. Yes. And No, I, I think you're... Yeah, that was that was a really good cut to Ahsoka. And you know, Ahsoka's really trying to figure out like what's his motive, what's his horse, you know, his horse in the race. And you know, he he says that he's trying to secure the future. And and Ahsoka replies with, "Well, that's ambitious." And it and for the first time I think since Rebels you have somebody else. I I think that Balin knows about the world between worlds, which we're going to get to, by the way, um, because the last five minutes of Ahsoka literally lit the internet on fire. So, um, but I think I think Ahsoka immediately knows what he's talking about when he you know he says securing the future. You know, I think that she realizes that this goes above Thrawn, above anything. There's somebody that knows of this incredibly powerful tool that bends that bends space and time, you know? I I think as the episode and like reflecting back on it now, I am less and less sure about Balin's motivation. I I, I think that Dave is going to kind of follow the Chiss Ascendancy, the other race that they were fighting within 
uh, within the original heir to the empire series. I do wish they would quit saying as an heir to the empire. Um, it's it's getting kind of it, it's it's dropped a couple times. I'm like mm, I'm done with that. Right, we we get but, it. We get that Thrawn's the heir to the empire. You can just call him Thrawn. It's okay. But I'm also so. Th- in, in order to explain my theory, we have to jump ahead to um, Ahsoka gets beaten after she touches magic fire metal and gets her hand horribly burned. Oh, that looks so um, painful, too. Incredibly I, painful. Like, I cringed a little it, bit while watching that. I, I, I've i got my own, like, I'll, I'll see what they use to justify that later. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm expecting it to be magic because I think that's where we're starting to go is, like, what's the difference between witchcraft and the force and i think anyone who can use witchcraft can also use the force yeah it's less and than vice versa so i'm it's with you just there. but uh um ahsoka kind of gets out for the count and sabine picks it up and balin starts manipulating sabine and he closes his eyes and then starts talking about Ezra finding their friend. I think Balin has the ability to read people. So when Ahsoka was actually walking up, he's like, oh, you're Anakin's Padawan. Um, yeah. Padawan. She's struggling with the fact that she walked away from him. Well, what happened after you walked away? Oh, well, he became the terror of the galaxy known as Darth Just Vader. a little bit. And then, oh, I also, you know, tried to save him again too late, almost got killed by him. I think in the next episode, we're going to find out that Balin has no idea. He's like, he's like, oh, I know, I know Darth Vader. I know Anakin who didn't know Anakin, like his exploits were legendary. Yeah, that's but fair. I think he knew that because that's what's so up on Ahsoka and that's what Ahsoka is wrestling with and anything that she does now is purely trying to make up for the fact that she could not save Anakin. She couldn't live up to his expectations and then failed again with Sabine. Well said. And Sabine is just kind of missing, you know, Ezra. Well, you know, a big reason why the fight goes the way it did, um, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go just before, you know, Ahsoka touches the, um, the magic glowy night sister orb of, of glowiness. Um, when Shin shows up after, you know, disappearing like a magic trick, like Batman basically uh, in the forest, Ahsoka immediately thinks that Sabine's dead because all of a sudden Shin shows up and there's no Sabine, which I think is very telling of, of their relationship um, I think Dave's done a really good job of not of showing that Ahsoka really doesn't trust Sabine to hold her own. And in that moment, you know, I think that's when we see Ahsoka use the dark side. Like it, you know, she you could see it in her face, and then she slams um, Shin into a wall, knocking her unconscious. And is just going after Balin. Um, because I, you know, Ahsoka initially wins that fight. And that's how she gets the orb. Um, I don't know why she didn't just try to destroy it like Balin did. Like, you have a lightsaber. 
Why are you trying to grab yeah. things that are glowing on fire? Magic fire? Not smart. Um, rookie mistake, really. Actually, let's let's paint it like it is. Um, which I thought was really cool. The intricacies of of the fight itself. You know, I don't put it past Ahsoka to use the dark side. I know. I think she knows her limits with it because of of how she uh, like how she's made her way through the galaxy. Um, but I thought that was really cool, but also frightening to see. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, then, then Sabine shows up and this is after Ahsoka burns her hand. She's on the edge of the cliff and, uh, Balin, Balin gets her. Like Ahsoka's, Ahsoka's down for the count. And that's where you get the title Fallen Jedi, by the way, because Ahsoka fell off a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. (laughs) Also looking at the two, I I do like the fact that both so, so and here's here's the other thing that i was looking at here both uh ahsoka and balin are the fallen jedi right um and there might even be a third fallen jedi later in the episode um but they're both fallen jedi they both think that the order was wrong because balin sits there and goes no the order what the order became and what it was at the end was not the jedi order and it was wrong Ahsoka felt the same way. Mm-hmm. They both have apprentices. Mm-hmm. Different goals, and, though. Different goals. I I think you're also right. They both they both are fallen Jedi, but I think they both view the other as the fallen Jedi. Like their I, path yeah, is I the right totally one. That. You know. Yeah. Um, I still don't think we know what Balin's is. Oh I yeah. Don't know I can't wait to learn more. He's about him. like. I don't know if it's going to be like, no, I believe in Thrawn because Thrawn is um, like Thrawn can unite us all. I, I don't know if there is a because uh, in the original book, he was a little mad after being trapped on a planet to defend um, some Jedi ar- artifacts until he was relieved by uh, either Thrawn or Vader. Or mm-hmm. Somebody came up and said, like, hey, you're out. Yeah, we can take it from here. Um. But uh, yeah, he was he 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 went a little mad being alone, so I'm I'm wondering if we're we're getting the madness, but it's just in the guise, like almost like Dooku, how you like him, where it's like the evil was in the guise of like no, we're doing the wrong thing, but we're also fighting a war, so there's necessity to what we have to do now, uh, in order to to reach these higher goals. So I, I'm I'm very curious to see where Dave is taking the overarching story, uh, but I do think I I do think the foil of Balin and Ahsoka. It's very hard to tell them apart as far as motivation and their own histories. Yeah, um, and I think we're I think you're right that we're about to learn more about Balin. Um, I hope so anyway. You're spot on. I, I never, I didn't approach it initially as Balin really being able to read people through the force like that, but you're totally right. I mean, the fact that Ahsoka is coming up slowly like that it makes it very plausible given what he did to Sabine that he's able to read people. And 
this entire series, and let me, you got to give me the floor here for a second because this is something yeah, I ahead. feel very, very passionately about. The amount of time that has elapsed between the end of Rebels and the start of Ahsoka is a good chunk of time because when we leave Sabine, she had her family back. They were going to liberate Mandalore, which they did. Um, you know, they were going to find Ezra. She, you know, we, we learned that Ahsoka was going to, like, Ahsoka started her Jedi training. All of this stuff. And then Balin drops the line of, you know, your family's dead. And I can't stress that line enough because, you know, Ahsoka... Or Sabine's a part of a very powerful, very well-known Mandalorian clan, Clan Wren. And to think that her family perished on Mandalore, and as Balin framed it, died because Ahsoka didn't trust Sabine. And I think in that line, he's saying, if I, if I had to guess how this went in the past, Sabine was probably in the middle of her Jedi training. Think Luke in Empire Strikes Back. And she gets the premonitions of her family being in, in danger because of the night of what is it, night of a thousand tears, the one that that killed Mandalore when the was, Empire like firebombed it. That because Rebels Mandalore was still a thing, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, night of a thousand tears came after Rebels. That was that <sighs> was Gideon's like, doing. In... Yeah, it wasn't instantly. It was. Yeah. Um, it was. Uh, it was, a, I think it was a few years after. It was sometime during, I think it was like right around Return of the Jedi, somewhere in that in that instance. Um, in that, because I'm trying to think where Rebels ends. Rebels ended before, uh, before Return of the Jedi, and it's uh, technically the very end when you have the end credit scene with Sabine and Ahsoka. That is after Return of the Jedi. That scene specifically, but when they're the whole Lothal event, um, that actually occurred right around the time of A New Hope. Oh, really? Yeah. And that's why Thrawn's not in... Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's how, you know, that's why you don't see Thrawn in the... I mean, obviously Thrawn wasn't a thought-out character back in the day like that, but um, that's that's how it... That's how it went. So... So... They were expecting... Return of the Jedi would have happened. Mm -hmm. And I was going to say, they were expecting another attack. It was Sabine, I'm pretty sure, narrating this at the end of Rebels. But they were expecting the Empire to come and attack Lothal, but it never came. Because, you know, the Empire had other problems dealing with the rest of the Rebellion and stuff like that. And then eventually they mm -hmm. were defeated, so... that's I, I remember that, but... Because now you're saying, like, the Night of... Uh, the Night of a Thousand Tears, and I'm, I'm sitting here going, wait a minute... So that means that happened after. So that was probably like a couple years after Return of the mm -hmm. Jedi, like before though the this the Empire was as fragmented as it yes. was. Because that means if that scene happens and in Lothal at the end of Return of the Jedi, like hey, everything's done and over with. Come with me. That me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you see you see how this is really shaping up and that's why I was questioning why Sabine was running so much and why she seems so broken in this show uh, 
that's that's why is Balin said it perfectly without without much to it you know I think that's really how it went is that Ahsoka's you know Ahsoka didn't let Sabine try and save her family during the Night of a Thousand Tears and if I had to guess that's probably a lot of what ended up separating them you know I'm I'm willing to bet that their training was great in the beginning the Night of a Thousand Tears happens her family dies she can't get over the attachment and then Ahsoka and Sabine go their separate ways and no that's a that's a great who yeah and I was well I was wondering the entire time in in the Mandalorian this past season where where was Ursa where was Clan Wren nobody mentioned them they weren't anywhere to be found so you know initially I thought maybe they were on um I'm I'm blanking on the the moon that her family lives on that orbits. in the mandalore sector yeah yeah i know we're talking about um really pretty by the way they had a nice estate <laughs> um very snowy um and so i was wondering like maybe they were on their own planet they had something else going on no they were dead and we never hear of a wren in the last season of the mandalorian all. when all the clans start coming together none uh because no one was was like flying anything of of sabine mm-hmm. um oh and you got to think you know, um, Sabine's father was being held captive on Mandalore by the Empire. They rescued him in Rebels. Um, and, like, Clan Wren is a ancient family, too, of Mandalore. Ancient. Been around for a very long time. Generations, centuries, you know. Um, I'm willing to bet they probably go back to the Old Republic and the Mandalorian Jedi Wars and all that jazz. So... Like, that's not to be taken lightly. And that really... Balin makes a lot of sense when he's seducing Sabine to the dark side. And a lot of people have theorized this, and I'm with them, that I think Sabine... Sabine's more powerful in the dark side because of her emotions, because of her fiery Mandalorian spirit. Um, I still don't think, like, she's anywhere close to being powerful with the Force at all. Um... But if you're going to pick between the light side and the dark side, she's going to be more powerful with the dark side because of who she is as a person and what she's gone through. She can feed off that anger and hate. And the seduction of Sabine was masterfully executed by Balin. And I loved, I love how you're right. It's like he, he puts away his weapon um, he reads Sabine through the Force, and he takes a he takes a jab at Ahsoka, and and is essentially like, "Hey, I'm going to reunite you with Ezra. You have my word." And so you know, they get the final coordinates. Balin destroys the uh, the magic orb of magic, and and then you get that scene of of Shin coming to after being knocked unconscious throughout this entire thing and starts to force, you know, force choke Sabine and Balin's like, no, I'm going to keep my word. We're going to see this through. She's coming with us, which I thought was really cool too, by the way. Um, oh, I think, I think that was great. Yeah. Balin's, Balin's quickly becoming of a word. Yeah. Balin's because we talked about this. I think it was two podcast episodes ago. I am a sucker 
for those with honor in the Star Wars universe. That's why I love Dooku for so for so long. Um, he reminds me of a of a chivalrous fallen Jedi, just like Dooku was. Oh, that's why I like the the Mandalorian, where it's like, no, uh, this is the way. Like, okay, we like we 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 hash it out. We fought. Yeah. And the only time that uh, Din was cast out was like, no, you're an apostate. You broke. You broke the the law. Uh, that that we've all agreed to, and it's a very honor bound code. Like, hey, follow the rules. That's the only real rule. And and you broke that. It's like, <laughs> well, but even still, between between them, like. When they start coming for him, and the armorers there with, uh, uh, with uh, oh god, what's his name? Um, the bigger guy who I love. Uh, he's a Vizsla. A Vizsla, yeah, and and Taz, it, Paz? there is Paz Vizsla, yeah, Paz Vizsla. But you you see this? No, we we agreed to this code. This is the code we're gonna do, and I'm waiting for for Balin to kind of be um. He's gonna go to from like he's he's gonna be the other side of the Jedi coin where it's like uh, lawful evil, mm-hmm. like where you go so like you're following the law so much that you're like, hey dude, we need to follow some things in the spirit. And he goes no letter, and the second he goes letter, it flips to lawful evil. Yep, or lawful neutral maybe. Yeah, and I've been a real fan of how he's how he's trained uh, Shin throughout this entire show. Um, I do love how he still adheres to a lot of Jedi teachings, um, which we've mentioned too with the Padawan braid um, mm-hmm. and just the way that he he goes about things. Um, and then we get into the scene of the bad guys winning, which we don't see a lot in, in Star Wars too often. Um, but, you know, the ring makes its way out into space. Hera gets there with her X-Wing crew and... Seeing them come out of hyperspace was super cool. First of all, uh, seeing the cockpit of the ghost is like seeing the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon for me. I agree. So many memories have been made in that cockpit. Seeing it in live action is beautiful. Um, Also, it is apparently bring your kid to a war zone day. Love that too. Granted, you know, the ghost is a a frigate. It can can take a beating. It's taken a beating. Um, But, you know... The ring's about to make the jump to hyperspace, and and um, and Hera seems almost surprised that they are. They're like, "Oh, they're gonna go right through us and go right through them." They did because they stayed in that close tag. Oh, it, and the fact that it looked like an EMP, like no, something just went close to light speed, manipulated time around you. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you're also thinking the massive amount output of energy and whatever is going between everything there. It was, yeah. And also the fact that it threw around. Like, the force of it was so great. Because there's no air in space, right? Mm. So, I think this kind of gets onto your theory about, like, wormholes or faster-than-light travel not being so much of a distance as it's a, it's an energy being manipulated in another way yeah. because the X-Wings that are there, when it flies past them, it sends them spinning. So that means it has to be manipulating matter in such a way that it can cause things to like fly like that. Unless we're going to use the, the idea that it's like 
well, that wouldn't make any sense either. Anyway, no, and, and Carson the, Carson says as much um, when he when he's you know over the over the comms and he's saying we're detecting a massive surge in energy. It's like something they've never seen before. So it makes yeah. sense for for that ring to really cause that kind of that kind of reaction. You know that it's manipulating matter in that way. Um, and it makes me think like maybe FTL is traditional in the galaxy. But the second you go outside of the galaxy and the the path that they're following, maybe because of how often that path has traveled, it it's different because the purgil you know yeah. warp they don't yeah that's what I'm thinking I'm sure I'm 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 hoping we learn more about like the the intricacies of of how they're getting to this other galaxy, um, but one of the I think it's one or even two of the X wing pilots like they're they're killed in this. Yeah. And do you know how bad that they, looks they, for Hera? Through you have a general who directly disobeyed the New Republic government and in doing so got two of her pilots killed. Like that's a that's a court martial waiting to happen right there. Like Oh, it completely yeah, is. Yeah, Hera's Hera's toast. Um and then you have Jace right after saying that he's a bad feeling about this. Um <laughs> there it is. Force force sensitive right yep. there. And granted, Han says that a lot in the original trilogy, but Han's just a smuggler, so you know he's a uh, he's he's used to bad feelings about things all the time. It's Han Solo for Christ's sake, <laughs> but yeah. And then it goes back to it goes back to um, to the planet surface, and I I originally was thinking like, oh, we're gonna see, you know, we're gonna see. Ahsoka, like, scaling her way back up this cliff. That's what I thought. I was like, you know, she went off a cliff. Or She's laying fine. laying unconscious, like, at, at like at one of the, the outcrops. Yeah. Well, she was laying unconscious somewhere, all right. Which, by the way, the transition of that scene was beautiful from the waves oh, to the, the... the waves to the, to the water on the pathway? Yeah, to, like, the bridge. And then yeah. all of a sudden... You see her laying there, and immediately I got chills up and down my body, and I was like, "Oh my god, she's in the world between worlds again." And then, and then you hear Hayden Christensen's, "Hey, Snips." Oh, you're here earlier than I expected you to be. Oh, which and, I'm I'm not gonna lie, that makes me think Ahsoka's not gonna live to the end of Ahsoka. Oh, I don't think so. I think her plot armor's getting coming to the end, but seeing seeing Hayden Christensen's also the de aging they did that man was not great though. How do you how do you de age him in Ahsoka but not de age him in in the flashback in Obi Wan? Go back and and I would say go back and watch the flashback because it's like the original de aging of Luke looked bad, mm-hmm. and it wasn't until they hired the guy who could do really good deep fakes that it looked good. But I also think what made this de aging so much more necessary is they had to make him have both the Anakin from Clone mm-hmm. Wars that we would have known and the Anakin Ahsoka would yeah, have known. Yeah, fair. He kind of had to have both looks. Which I thought they did a I thought they did a decent job. Um but oh my god. Like oh my god, I did not expect. I thought we were going to get maybe like a flashback or like his voice or something at some point during this this show um that was out of left field did not did not expect I, episode four of ahsoka 
we're in the world between worlds in Anakin fucking Skywalker's there. Pardon my French, everybody. Um, I think the next episode is going to be entirely Anakin Skywalker with like sprinkled bits of sprinkled bits of like oh this is uh uh this is this is what's going on like in the, the show he, right now basically yeah, yeah. He, here's 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 Hera like finding uh, or like you know he, probably yeah, facing the, the consequences here, here's over here Mm, I don't think so. I think I think Hera's going to be like going after Thrawn, or they're going to court martial him because well, you'll do it when I get back, and then she leaves. Yeah. Um. Fine. So this this podcast is going to go. Let, let's see. We're recording this the night of September sixth. It's going to be out on the seventh, probably. Yes, it'll be out cool. tomorrow. Um. So for all the listeners who listen to this on the seventh, uh, Disney Plus is actually dropping a title called master and apprentice it's a feature on disney plus featuring uh anakin and ahsoka's relationship so i'm not sure if you heard about that yet but uh i'm not sure what time it's dropping on friday but be on the lookout for it is it live action i think so okay well you guys might get another like longer episode or a bonus podcast this week yeah like a nice nice little um nice little featurette from us (laughs) Yeah. Um, but what really – also, I'm sorry. You can't ignore Kevin Kiner's amazing score of the show. But at the end of – at the end of the Ahsoka episode, it's the Lord Vader theme. Because she has to come to terms with yeah. that. Because let, let's, let's face it. This is probably the Anakin that she knew – and I wouldn't be surprised if there are points where, like, his face goes to shadow and the shadow, like, just you see the silhouette of Vader's helmet mm-hmm. and then turn back to see his face. Like, enough to be like, no, these are two parts of him and you did get the best parts of him. What happened wasn't your fault. But, and I, I was explaining this, Obi-Wan got admonished of any guilt. Mm-hmm. Anakin says, nope, this is my choice. I'm Darth Vader. I killed Anakin. Kill the past if you need to. Let it die. Ahsoka... Never got that. She got blamed. She ran away from him, felt it happen, and then when she found Darth Vader in the future, found out who he is, is like, I need to save you, and then gets killed. Yep. So I I think we're going to get a long episode of this, and it's almost entirely going to be exposition and dialogue between ahsoka and hayden christensen and i'm betting that they're gonna have like hey no you gotta remember that time where like you and barris were you know i i I had to trust you guys even though i couldn't be with you and you need to and i was gonna say trust sabine beautifully said by the way because you know like i said ahsoka's trust in sabine has never been there in this in this series um, and even just talking about Hayden Christensen right now, as the prequel fanboy I am, always will be, growing up with the prequels, they are my movies, you know? I love the original trilogy, mm-hmm. they're beautifully made, but the prequels are my movies, you know? Like, um, Revenge of the Sith was one of the first movies I ever saw in theaters, you know? And actually, it was the first Star Wars movie I saw in theaters. Never thought I was going to be able to see another Star Wars movie in theaters, actually, until Disney came along. Um, but 
just talking about Hayden Christensen and Anakin and the world between worlds, I have had chills while talking about this for the last 10 minutes. Like, It's been fantastic. It is amazing. We're getting into some of the most incredible Star Wars content I think we will ever see. And this is how I felt when it when we saw this sort of thing on Rebels, you know? Because you got the echoes of the past in the world between worlds when, when Ezra's exploring it for the first time. And this was mind-blowing stuff then. It's mind-blowing stuff now. And it's going to be such a monumental episode next week that they're actually... And I sent you this earlier, but they're actually doing a limited release of this episode in theaters next next yeah, Tuesday. I'm I'm wondering if it's going to be a long episode. I hope so. Like an hour and a half to two hours. I don't know if it's going to be quite that long, but if it's not over an hour, I'm going to riot. <laughs> and I actually tried to look into getting tickets for those. Um, it's only at a select few theaters across the country. There was one in D.C. It's already booked. Um the only one that you can get passes to still is in Seattle, Washington. So if you're listening to this from Seattle, Washington, good luck. Um, but yeah, this episode, if I had to give it a ranking, it's got to be a 12 out of 10. You know, this was, this was Dave Filoni in his bag, you know, progressing Star Wars the way George Lucas would have wanted it to, you know? And I, I'd give it a solid eight out of ten. An eight out of really? Oh, an eight out wow, of ten. That's the, you know, that's the, surprising. There, there are a couple of MacGuffin things that, like, just that, like, it, because plot, and then, like I said, the, the smoke screen thing. I'm like, okay, Act One. We're now in Act Two. Here it is again. Okay, this is coming back in Act Three, and and like that. That's just me kind of being like. I, I got it in the beginning. Dave, you, you didn't need to do it again. Also, uh, Sabine has her lightsaber. I don't think, uh... I don't, I don't think, uh... Uh, Balin knows that. Oh, I think they know it. I, I don't think they know that she has the lightsaber. I think they're smart enough to do a pat down. Because <laughs> she was in I, cuffs, I, so, you know. Eh. But they showed her grabbing the lightsaber. They didn't show her grabbing the blasters the blasters went away that was her red herring to them oh well i guess we'll see um but i'm sorry but just the fact that like did we saw ahsoka died on that cliff didn't she you can't have a care if she's if she's dead if she got god how is she back in the world between worlds was it maybe that anakin pulled her there before it was too late you know I had someone pull up a theory that maybe Sidious did it. Ah, oh, there's no way. I mean, he helped bridge a gap between two distant cousins things. That's fair. Fair. So, I... 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 I'm not sure. I also... The owl hasn't been in this yet, either. Well, actually... Her, her spirit guide. That when they were... Um, when they went back to the ship and they they had that scene with Huang calling out for Lady Tano. I think that was from the owl's perspective. Um, and I've, I've seen that, I think, a couple of times on, on Twitter as well, is that it was just such an interesting camera angle for them to portray that maybe Morai, like, that scene is being in the in the eyes of Morai, maybe. So, 
and they're gonna like show that she's been there this like i'm betting ahsoka's gonna be like you left me at some point and she's it's gonna be like no she's she's been here the entire yeah. time snips um or i'm sorry uh anakin's gonna be like that <laughs> i think i think we're about to get our minds blown and i'm i'm so ready for it i'm this is this episode was everything I've wanted the Ahsoka series to be. I still thought it was pretty great leading up to this, but this episode was incredible. They did a good palate cleanser, and then they went right into this. I agree. Yeah. I think this was a, a stellar episode. Yeah, and I mean, I think everybody in you know in their mother in their mother's mother freaking out about this episode really goes to show how well done it was. Um, which is why why this podcast has dragged on a little bit longer than our other ones. So you know, thanks for thanks for hanging with us, everybody. But there's a there was a lot to get through. There was, um, and of course, we will be back next week. If you guys enjoyed this, please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, check out the Discord. Try to have some cool conversations in there. Um, feel free to email us at the wrong button podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions about this or have any thoughts of your own. I'd actually really like to read those instead of work emails. Um, anything you want to go out on, Tyler? Um, if there are any people out there listening to us from their Samsung smart fridge, I'd love to hear from you too. Please email wrong button. I'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Remember, take care of your friends here and your friends elsewhere. You're all winners out there. Keep it weird. Have a fantastic rest of your night, everybody.